Hello, and welcome to the Casa Bonita podcast, a podcast about the Denver real estate market with a side of pop culture and local history. Every week, we'll go over topics such as average days on market for a Cap Hill condo, how Thanos' infinity gauntlet would affect the real estate market, tips and tricks for making your Casa Mas Bonita, and fun facts about our namesake, the restaurant in Lakewood, Colorado, made famous by South Park, Casa Bonita. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, broker owner of Bluebird Real Estate Group with locations in Lakewood, Colorado and Boulder County, Colorado, Claire Spar. This week, I'm excited to share a recent conversation that I had with Evan Weissman, founder and executive director of Warm Cookies of the Revolution. Evan and I discuss how we met, or maybe met, at the Denver Foundations event a couple of years ago, titled Art Tank. This is an event that listeners of the show may recognize from my conversation with Pam in an earlier episode this season. Then Evan and I go into a somewhat meandering and totally enjoyable conversation, starting with Colorado cemeteries, making a pit stop in the past to discover... Evan's path from theater and social activism that led him to start Warm Cookies of the Revolution, the world's first civic health club. Then we continue on the meandering path discussing books, music, movies, TV, and a certain painting in the Denver Art Museum collection. Later, we riff on what Ferris Bueller would have done with Cameron and Sloan if they took their day off in present-day Denver, COVID notwithstanding. And then Evan and I discuss how COVID has affected warm cookies. And last but not least, we talk Casa Bonita. It was such an honor to host Evan, one of, in my opinion, Denver's inspired movers and shakers. If you'd like to connect with Warm Cookies of the Revolution, check out their website, warmcookiesoftherevolution.org. That's www.warmcookiesoftherevolution.org. You can also get updates via text message if you text COOKIES to 407-219-9369. This is episode 11 of the first season of the Casa Bonita podcast, and it's the last episode of the season. I want to thank everyone who has taken the time to listen, all of our amazing guests, and to those special listeners who have taken the time to write a review on Apple Podcasts. That really means the world to me. Thank you so much. If you're a fan of the show and haven't written a five-star review yet, we would absolutely love it if you showed your support for the show with a positive review on Apple Podcasts or on our website. Again, that's www.casabonitapod.com. And now on to my conversation with Evan. Thanks for listening. Stick around. So thank you again, Evan, for joining me today. Oh, before I launch into who you are and all that, I want to do a quick shout out to Wendy Paulus. She is a librarian at the Bear Valley branch in Denver. Um, And she was my guest for the Halloween episode released recently. She told a bunch of amazing local spooky stories. So thank you so much, Wendy. And if... um, any of you all listening haven't heard the Halloween episode, check it out. <laughs> you can check it out at www.casabonitapod.com. And while you're there, you can write us a dope review. Thanks. Nice. So, Evan, we met uh, at Art Tank. This, this um, 
really fun, at least fun for me as a spectator event uh, put on by the Denver Foundation. And it's um, it's a it's a public art grant program. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's a uh, I don't know that I don't think it's public. They might get some money from Denver Arts and Venues. I think it's mostly uh, some private foundations. Oh, you know what? That was a bad word choice. Privately public, funded yeah, art private for fund, but public. Yeah, 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 like exactly. Like, hey, <laughs> public, everybody, you should come and see what's going on, public people. Right. But, uh, but the yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I was I was nerding out on actually uh, public. It's not public tax dollars paid for the art. Well, it's relevant. It's relevant. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also so we we met at this event, and to be honest with you, Evan, I'm not really sure if we actually spoke at the event or if I just like liked your presentation and creeped and sent you a Facebook friend request. So to <laughs> well, be completely honest. <laughs> hey, I, either way, uh, we wouldn't be here today <laughs> without true. whichever version, whether that be us meeting and having a conversation and <laughs> giggling or it being an imagined conversation and giggling. Does it matter? It doesn't. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't. So yeah. thank you for accepting my friend request. <laughs> thank you for joining me today. And I, I loved your presentation at um, at Art Tank. And, and I'm really excited to talk to you today. So and then more recently, I don't know if you knew this, but I was over at Riverside Cemetery when we bumped into each other. Mm like completely unrelated to warm cookies of the revolution. Oh. I was there. I dragged my husband and son out. Cause I have like one of my pandemic projects is to go see all the cemeteries in Colorado, which is like probably way too ambitious. Like hopefully the pandemic will be done before I get a chance to do that. But Riverside was my cemetery that day and you happened to be there. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's so funny. That's, uh, I, I didn't realize that actually when we bumped mm -hmm. in, I, I, I thought that, I mean, we canceled that program. Yeah. Um, but I was there cause I knew some people still were going to show up cause it was, you know, it's like, Hey, go picnic there. Yeah. But, um, and then we also had a mural still going. So there were people who still showed up anyways. Yeah. That's, that's a trip. Yeah. So, um, so for our listeners today, uh, we're talking with Evan Weissman, the founder and executive director of Warm Cookies of the Revolution. And Evan will share a little bit more about what that is. Um, it's a local nonprofit. Just interrupt me if I'm getting anything wrong, by the way. Okay, cool. <laughs> and um, can I interrupt you already? Absolutely. It's not for anything wrong, but I just wanted to ask, have you been to the Knights of Pythias Cemetery in Blackhawk yet? I have not. It so sounds like I need to. My my friend tipped me off to it, and mm -hmm. and once she did, I realized that I actually camped right by it a couple years ago and didn't go into it. Oh wow! Um, and so I don't know that much about it, but what I do know is that um, it's so it's up by um, by Black Hawk, and it was um, it was. Uh, there's like these body mount, these like mounds mm -hmm. um, that, so it's not like flat ground. It's like, you see these mounds. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, the other cool thing <clears throat> was that it was for, so this Knights of Pythias is, is this, um, you know, like one of these old fraternal organizations that you don't really know what the uh -huh. hell they are. Uh huh. And, but what I found out was that, 
it was started, it was inspired by a play. And so, um, like I found that really interesting that there was like this play that someone wrote and then they, and then they did this. Um, and then the other thing that I had heard about up there, but again, I haven't gone up to see it yet is a supposedly they have a bunch of fences that have, um, Tesla balls on them. Um, because one of his experimental, um, you know, Tesla ball stations was, is kind of nearby. Um, so, and it's next to, there's two of them up there. There's that one. And then there's the, the other, you know, the odd fellows, you see those like uh-huh. things around sometimes they yeah. have it there too. So anyways, when you, well, awesome. when you get around to Blackhawk, yeah. uh, check it out and, and report back to everyone. Absolutely. I will definitely. Thank okay. you for the tip. <laughs> and I'm really sorry to interrupt, but you can. No, that's okay. Well, I'd love for you to share your elevator speech. Just tell us a little bit about what you got going on. Yeah. With, with warm cookies. Yeah, or yeah. anything really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, warm cookie. So basically, um, let's see. Let me give you. I'll give you the tiniest bit of background. Uh, I, so I, I, so I had been a part of Buntport Theater Company for a long mm-hmm. time, okay. and um, so that's kind of my background is is making theater, um, writing plays and acting and building sets and and cleaning toilets at the theater. Um, and uh, at the same time that we got, we got pretty lucky timing wise in Denver. Um, you know, this is the early two thousands. Um, we, as we were making what we were making, the, a lot of the art scene was just picking up in a lot of ways um, in terms of music and comedy and theater. And um, there weren't, uh, there weren't many companies doing original work um Mm. most do uh you know famous plays or plays that you know just did well off broadway um and then so there were some that did kind of experimental theater um Mm -hmm. like a little bit more uh, throw mustard on you and hold a mirror up kind of thing i'm not making fun of it that's just a fun way of describing it but but you know what i mean experiment really experimental and we kind of did quirky a little Uh more like just quirky original a lot of adaptations of classic literature in weird ways so anyways, uh, that background is probably unnecessary. But the point is, is that uh, I was involved in that kind of world. At the same time, I'd always been re- really involved in um, in hyper-local to global uh, social change movements. Like I'm, a, I'm from the far left. Mm-hmm. And what I was noticing was um, all these people would come to our theater and then would also go to comedy and music and sports and all these things. Um and th- but it was it was kind of harder to get uh, not the usual suspects to show up for a lot of really important civic issues. Yeah. Um, and so that was why that's why I created Warm Cookies of the Revolution was essentially to get regular people involved in these issues that are very important, even though a lot of people may not either know it or, for the most part, don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, to or don't feel like they have the time to get involved. So, yeah. So what it is is um, we call it a civic health club. Like you go and work out your muscles at a yeah. gym. You want to see results. Um, the same thing for our, our civic health. Um, and and um, and I should also say this is this is the longest elevator ride ever um, in terms of <laughs> what I'm telling you right now. I'll I'll give you the actual quick one at the end maybe. Um, but the 
you know, when I say civic, I always mean um, like what it is that, that you own. Um, because, you know, most people maybe, maybe took a civics class at some point and learned about the three branches of government and all the things that now you're like, wait, what? This is weird. This elect, you know, this electoral process. Um, But what I mean is uh, what we own so that, um, so that you think of our parks and our jails and our schools and roads and water as the same way that you think of your purse and your bike, Mm. et cetera. And that, when you think of things that way, you take care of them much differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I mean by by civic, by the way. And um, so the quick version of that is, is Warm Cookies of the Revolution is a civic health club. Um, and we kind of, we we focus on voting every day. And mm-hmm. we try to do it with, with joy and creativity. And we try to get people involved who otherwise would not show up to, to vote every day other than election day. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> you don't need to do a short version. I'm keeping that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that description. I I think it's 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 easier to grasp when you have a metaphor like that. You know, mm-hmm. like a gym for your muscles and a civic health organization for your I don't know your your citizen muscles. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That that is the idea. Also, I mean, I'd say because, um, like I think people can can recognize that a little bit more than if you just most of that stuff, if you even say civic to people, their eyes roll back in their head. And then if you tell people, Hey, it's really important. You come to talk about the taxes or the rezoning or whatever it is. The only people that actually show up to do that are people that have the privilege of time Mm -hmm. to, to find out where a meeting is and they can go to it. And it's at two in the afternoon in a fancy building and it's in a language they speak and they have childcare for their kids or whatever it might be. And so, and so the, the goal is to make it as, uh, you know, as accessible as possible. And I think, you know, if I'm being honest with you too, the whole reason, like one of the real reasons of, of doing it was um, because I like sports, I like professional sports and you don't, there's nothing on, on the, on the left more like racist, classist, you mm. know, sexist, militaristic, yeah. um, homophobic than than the National Football League. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I watch football. And when mm-hmm. I watch with, um, and this is a non-gendered term. This is a subset of human being called a, a sports dude. Um, <laughs> when you when you watch with sports dudes, um, they know everything, like literally everything. Yeah. And it takes so much time and energy. And so I think part of it was like, hey, these are these are people who care and are really smart and put a lot of time and energy into something they care about. Yeah. So how can we make this other stuff which, you know, make it so people care about and, you know, feel like they have ownership of. Okay. So anyways, that, that metaphor you're talking about is it is important. But like, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like working out your muscles. Yeah, I love it. Well, and my I'm not a, I'm not good at sportsing. Honestly, but my husband is, and he he's also a football fan, and he's always like translating it for me to make it interesting to me, uh-huh. and <laughs> and he's very good at it, and he's introduced me to the Ringer, the website and their podcasts, and um and I've I've really enjoyed having the passion of sports fans brought to things that like I'm more into, you know, like pop culture topics yeah. and things like that. And so I think that's cool. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, um, in this time of, in these crazy times, <laughs> I won't even try to sum it up as in a word. Um, what kinds of things are you feeding your soul with as far as like books and movies and music and that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, also, this should be prefaced with, um, I have a four-year-old and a nine-month-old. Yeah. And so uh, my time is, um, <laughs> it's a, a lot of it is with those two. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, so I, I am reading a book that I got, um, which I really like and is very, it's very apropos for the world that we're in right now. It's called Humankind, A Hopeful mm-hmm. History. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, it's really great. Um, but the, and the basic premise is this guy, this guy is essentially saying, look, if you ask most people, um, about the world that we live in, if, if you described a plane crashing and everyone getting out of the plane, you know, surviving, mm-hmm. um, and you know, being in this, as, you know, on a deserted Island, mm-hmm. um, if you gave them two options of what the world is like, and one is that people would, you know just fight for scraps and dominate each other and eat each other alive and, you know, strongest wins. And the other one is, is that people would, um, you know, would say, no, here, you go first out of here. I'll help you. Let's pool our resources, et cetera, et cetera. That, that most people would say that we're on the sort of the first version, that that's our planet. Mm. And, but actually in reality, history shows that we are most definitely from planet B and, And um, so he's got just interesting stories as to as to why we are. Um, that's actually the narrative um, that's that's more truthful. Is that like we in times of trouble we help each other? Wow. Um, so, anyways, that's kind of cool. The book front um, yeah. on the the sort of TV movie kind of front. Um, uh, we oh well, we just watched, and I give it a solid B. Okay. Um, there are aspects of it that are a solid A, and there are aspects that are of solid C. Is uh, the Queen's Gambit? Okay. Um, and that was like stylistically, visually, um, it's really beautiful to watch. And the lead character is—you just can't take your eyes off her. She's really great, and mm-hmm. there's some really cool stuff. And then the story's like, meh, it gets a little telegraphed, <laughs> but it's it's worth it. It's worth checking out. Um, that's about uh, okay. This this woman who's a, um, she's basically this chess prodigy, who is was an orphan and is struggling with drug addiction and, um, uh-huh. and it's cool. It's like during, um, it's during the Cold War and it's cool. It's it's definitely cool. And I assume, uh, that it's like super popular on Netflix because I think it just popped up and we watched it oh. um, late at night. You know, this isn't, I'm not giving you some kind of. This isn't like hip, uh, you know, a Japanese demo that only my friend got for me type of thing. <laughs> this is like, I think I'm telling you, you know, probably a really well-known thing. Um, Something accessible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Um, yeah. And uh, God, I think that's it. I guess the only other interesting thing music-wise is I'm, tra- I'm trying to hit all of them. I This is just me personally being a weirdo. Uh-huh. I have, and I think this is me just being kind of sad during COVID times. Mm, yeah. Almost every night for many months now, right as I go to sleep, I've been doing two things. 
Uh, oh, I only did the half of it for about a week, but the rest, the song I've listened to is it's a song that is, it's a cover. Um, so it's being sung by a Colorado artist, um, Gregory Allen Isakoff. Uh-huh. And he does Iron and Wine's song, um, the the trapeze artist. Trapeze, uh-huh. trapeze artist, I think it is. So he does that song. And it's only on YouTube. Like it's not, he never released it. It's just this beautiful recording in a church. It's a great song. I don't know what it means at all. I listen to it every night and I have no clue what they're talking about. But it <laughs> it brings to mind just sad recollection of childhood and mm. it's it's just really great am i allowed to cuss on here or should i not? yeah okay i just censored myself because i cuss a lot <laughs> but uh, i don't need to now but um but I, so i listen to that at almost every single night for many months i've done that and right as i go to sleep and then oh. for a while i was staring at um i was staring at this painting from the denver art museum of this um uh, of this uh, injured, ch- it's this this uh, these acrobats and this injured child. Mm. So it's like um, I told my brother and all that, and he was like, "If I didn't know you, if you were anyone else, I would seriously ask if you need help." You know, like these are the most sad. Like I just described, like honestly, really sad, sad stuff. But to <laughs> me, it's not all that. It was more just like. I, I don't know, something about the dad in this painting of like trying yeah. to care for your kids and then just this reflecting on childhood. So I don't, is that pop culture to talk about like a painting yeah, from hundreds cool. of years ago? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I mean, but, I'm going to yeah. put, I'll put okay. links for our listeners. I'll put links to everything in the show notes. Okay, cool, cool. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know a lot about intellectual property law, but I'm pretty sure I can't sample anything to play on here, but everyone should go listen to that to uh to the listenables and i just downloaded as you were talking about it humankind a hopeful history from the denver public library it's on my oh. libby app now so oh there you go boom <laughs> i've been reading i just started reading this book called the city we became by nk jemison hmm. and i'm not very far into it but she's this like uh sci-fi fantasy writer and she writes these like epic you know series books and this one is about like large cities gaining consciousness like as a as a whole city through one avatar (laughs) i was so with you and then you said through one avatar and i don't i don't know could you just please say more well, I'm, I'm still at the beginning and it's very confusing. And honestly, I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about this book, but, um, but I don't even know where to start. So I like, of course, went onto Wikipedia and I was like, how do they explain it? And that's mm-hmm. where I got the avatar language from full disclosure. But so the story, the story starts out and it's like this, like street kid, you know, in New York and there's this uh, guy named Paolo who wants to uh, mentor him and like show him how to, you know, do this project that he's trying to get him to do. And it's very strange and confusing. And um, and then you find out that the guy is is Sao Paulo <laughs> like mm. in Brazil. And mm-hmm. um, and they are like fighting this, uh, you know, uh, amorphous 
enemy that doesn't want the city to become a being. And, um, and that's about as far as I've gotten, honestly, mm. it's, uh, I, I, I don't know if that was a compelling description, but yeah, it um, sounds cool actually. It sounds, yeah, it's um, cool. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm still like, I think part of what is making it cool is that I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. You're not surprised that often by, by the, you know, maybe there's interesting storytelling technique that might happen, but, right. but to have it just be like a, oh, so what, wait, what, what'd you just say? You know, that's, yeah, um, exactly. That's, that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's intriguing. And I like it that it's a, that a city is personified. The yeah. Energy, the energy of, of an entire city is sort of, um, anthropomorphized. That's, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. I, I'm still like pretty close to the beginning. Um, and uh, this author is just amazing. I've read some of her books. You know, there aren't a lot of women in the sci-fi writing scene. Mm-hmm. And um, she's a woman of color. And she just brings, like, new perspectives, you know, to this to this storytelling. Um, and then, let's see. I've been listening to David Bowie a lot recently. And <laughs> I think it started because one of my guests is this huge David Bowie fan, Wendy, the librarian who I mentioned before. And I was listening to it to get into Wendy mode when I, before we did our interview and it's just like stuck, you know? Mm. Um, So, but one of the things that came up, so one of my soul feeding projects right now and people who have been listening might already know this, but I found in the little free library outside of our house, I found a musty movies book. It looked like no one had ever opened it. And I brought it inside and I told my husband, Thomas, we're going to watch all these movies. <laughs> so we've been watching these movies and, you know, they're mostly like mainstream, you know, uh, popular films. And um, and I think this this version was published in like 2010. So it's a little, you know, up to 2010. And um so, so that's been really fun. And I've been, <laughs> I've been nerding out on Ferris Bueller's day off and, um, and what would Ferris Bueller's day off look like in Denver? Cause you know, Ferris Bueller's day off is often described as John Hughes's love letter to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so the movie is a vehicle for just showing off this amazing city. And so I'm like, what would it be, you know? And since this is the Casa Bonita podcast, I'm always like, well, they would, instead of going to the snooty French restaurant, they would go to Casa Bonita, obviously. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. But my husband's For like, sure. no, they would go to the Brown Palace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd probably do both. Like Casa Bonita might be, might be, um, I mean, if there wasn't a Broncos game, you know, I was thinking of like, yeah. instead of the Cubs games, like for the fun, kind of a fun wild yep. thing. Yep. But I don't know if, uh, I can't remember if, I don't remember all the things they do. Part of me was like, did they, did they do that much fun? <laughs> like, I remember them having lots of fun and, and well, but I, I did I, make I, I don't a know, few when notes. I think of, of course it's a movie, <laughs> get through something. did they go through, a, did they do a bunch of stuff? Yeah. Driving okay. the fancy car. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was super well, they fun. they went to the Art Institute of Chicago. Yes. Um, and that's where Cameron like stared into this. Um, yeah, into that the Monet uh, painting or the, the impressionist painting, and like kind of you know 
went off the deep end a little bit. Um, and I really like, I actually, for our listeners, I posted where would, um, what, what painting would Cameron get lost in if Ferris Bueller's day off was in Denver, you know, and you Evan responded to it with the painting that you described earlier. Yes, 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 yes. Which for me really clicked because the, the painting where Cameron is, he's looking at a child, you know, who's, who's looking like not super happy mm-hmm. <laughs> to me. And so I thought it was a perfect fit. Yeah. Um, they go to the Sears tower. I was thinking the Denver version would be the cash register building, even though it's not actually the tallest building in Denver, but it's, it's iconic, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I don't know, um, what parade. So they, they like, you might remember Ferris sings, what does he sing? Donkashane? Uh, yes. Yes. And, in, in um, it's the Von Steuben Day Parade. Um, and I was thinking, I mean, honestly, my favorite parade in Denver is the Pride Parade. So <laughs> if you can top that, I, let me know. <laughs> well, I mean, I would think when I think of a parade um, and I think of Denver, like what's the most Denver thing? I think mm-hmm. of actually um, cruising on federal. And, oh, and yes. Side. Like I think of that as... Um, that's sort of the, I think of that as the most Denver thing. I think of that, those, those uh, car clubs as an artist is like the most, is you know, Denver's contribution to uh, great American art comes yes. in the, the low rider car club communities. Um, that, and, and then that parading of like, this is what we've created. This is our culture. Um, and now we're parading it. Um, I love it. I never would have thought of that. That is brilliant. And I'd I'd also say when you were talking about cash register building, like if you stick with buildings, I think you're totally right. But I think of the other, the idea of, hey, let's go and see this thing. I kind of think maybe, maybe people might go to to Red Rocks or to Lookout Mountain and to kind of the sort of like, hey, we're here and we're looking out over the Mm -hmm. plains. But that's not, I don't know if that's Denver, so to speak. But I love it. I I call it Denver because, you know, I'm pretty sure Ferris and Cameron and whatever Ferris is. What was her name? Sloan. Sloan. Thank okay, you. you can't. You listen for me. You can't forget Sloan because her. You know Sloan and Denise Huxtable in for my life growing up were like they were. That was like the most. They were the most beautiful uh-huh. characters. Um, I don't know about characters. Actually, I think in my child in my child eyes, those were just, I was only talking physically. Like they were, they were just, that was what was beautiful to me. Uh-huh. Um, and Love so like, you can't forget Sloan. Sloan and, and her um, fringe jacket, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Holy mackerel. <laughs> well, um, thank you for um, engaging with me in my, Ferris Bueller in Denver um, fantasy. Oh yeah, yeah. I agree with the Red Rocks thing. I think they'd like as just a celebration of the city. We would need to see some shots of like that angle of, of City Park where it has like the boathouse and like mm. the you know the skyline and the mountains in the background. And I think Lakeside Amusement Park would be a cool thing to include for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff in Denver. Union Station, 
I, I, I could see somebody playing piano on the 16th street mall, you know, <laughs> I'd go, uh, I mean, this is more, uh, this isn't Ferris Bueller's day off. This is Evan Weissman's day off, but, um, <laughs> I'd go, this is sticking to federal there, but to, uh, to Min's, um, I, I, I like going to, it's the like Chinese, they call it foot massage, but it's your whole body. Oh, uh-huh. but this one place Min's on, um, okay. it's on Alameda just east of federal. Okay. Um, and I'll include a link. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's like, it's the best. It, you're in a, you know, you're in a big room. It's that a traditional, um, uh, you know, Chinese foot massage place. You're in this mm-hmm. big room. It's dark. There's lots of people getting a massage. It's a clothes on type of place mm-hmm. and it's dark and, I think it's just the best and it's cheap. It's like 20, usually 25 bucks, 25 or 30 bucks for an hour. And it's your whole body. That is amazing. And then you tip. Yeah. But, uh, like I can imagine Ferris, you know, going there and Cameron being a little, has it come on? Ferris? Let's go over here. I don't want to do it. I want to, I don't want to take my clothes off, you know, and then Ferris (laughs) bringing his own cucumbers for his eyes. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. Well, there is, um, I'll send you the link after we talk and I'll add it to the show notes also. There's this amazing like 10 or 15 minute YouTube video that I stumbled upon in which this guy, and I'll, I'll edit in his name because I want to give everybody credit. Um, this, uh, filmmaker talks about how, like, why is Ferris so slick? What makes him so slick? You know? Okay, so I did look up the information on that. It's a video essay available for free on YouTube by Patrick Willems. It's called Ferris Bueller's Groundhog Day Off. And it's completely Googleable, but I will also include a link in the show notes. And his theory is that it's a it's like a, he's in a loop. It's a, it's his groundhog day. Uh-huh. And, and so that explains how like he knows how to hack into like the school's computer system. And he, you know, is so like, he knows, he knows how to, um, he knows what really matters in life, you know, his relationships with people. And um, it, it's one of those lessons that a lot of people don't learn until they've lived the same day for a thousand years, you know, <laughs> it's very compelling. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, um, I'd love to hear about how um, COVID is affecting your organization and the people it serves and what people can do to, to help and get involved. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'll start by saying COVID, you know, it, it has affected so many people uh, much worse than, than obviously me personally or, or our organization. Um, and I just, so there's not really much room to complain. Sure. Um, and in the same breath, it's it has affected us in a big way because a lot, of, most of the stuff we do is is live. We do kind of event type things, not not only, but a lot of it is. And um, so it it's you know on, on one level, just not being able to do that, having places that are closed. Um, you know, I mentioned this the cemetery. You know, that one was one we thought we could even do was outside, and yeah, um, but we just the, this was speaking to, I think, the desire of people to be around other people. This was saying, like, hey, come to a cemetery and picnic. Like, a cemetery with no, not a beautiful green green <laughs> grass one, but one that's, 
you know, a little bit dead. It's, you know, you got to have a very particular aesthetic to like it. It usually yeah. smells really bad over it there, does. you know? So yeah. even for that, and we didn't, we didn't push it very hard because of COVID. We had um, like 150 email RSVPs wow. and that's not counting Facebook or anything else. Like it was going to be yeah. a big thing and, yeah. and we had to cancel it. So that's a, a long way of saying, um, it's affected us in a fair amount and it will continue to affect us in terms of um, actually being able to do some of the programs we like to do. Um, we, we were able and we have been able to, uh, we've gotten requests more than usual by other organizations who have a hard time reaching out to populations um, that, I don't know, maybe are harder to reach or we just kind of, we have a lot of good connections and ins with different people around the community. Mm -hmm. And so we've had a lot of people request our services, which is good and been helpful. And, and um, so we, we sort of, I don't know if the right word is pivot, but we've been doing a fair amount of videos. Mm. Um, we did a bunch for the census um, mm -hmm. specifically for communities that um, we were asked to do in, in Aurora. So a lot of different refugee communities. So we had artists who um, represent different um uh, mostly ref refugees, some immigrant communities, um, and they performed, and then they sort of said a little bit as to, hey, this is what the census is. This is why you should do it. Don't be scared for mm -hmm. these reasons. Um, and that went over really, really well, and it was cool to do. We made a gift basket, um, which was right as the, the pandemic started and the, the kind of stay-at-home orders were going on. Mm -hmm. And that was super cool. We, had, we got a bunch of artists paid to just make – do what they do. It wasn't like, Hey, help our artists. Let's, let's, you know, give them a job painting or something. This was trying to pay them for that. Yeah, that's so, cool. so yeah, so we did that. We, and we've done a few other videos. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a change. Um, but, but we're f navigating it. And in terms of funding, we're going to, we have, and we're going to take a, a pretty sizable hit. Mm -hmm. And I think rightfully so, um, direct service is what people are supporting and that usually happens. Um, and, but I, I do think we're going to need to see coming up here. There's even more of a reason to support groups working on root cause problems mm -hmm. um, because as evidenced by what happened with COVID, mm -hmm. what's going on with the, the uprising and the movement for black lives um, and, and this election, I mean, it just shows we need more, we need to be addressing root causes. And so hopefully people will support us coming up. That's um, how can uh, our listeners support you and get involved? Uh, you know, if you sort of sign up for, we, you can get text messages from us or emails or like us on Facebook, whatever. Facebook kind of is not very helpful anymore, but, uh, but our Instagram, but uh, so yeah, I mean, follow what we do and come to what we do is, is always number one. Obviously, donations are super helpful. Mm -hmm. We're buying our our swag, mm -hmm. but um, but yeah, those those are the main ways. And, or the truth is, is most of the stuff we do, we try to get people involved and then have them go do things with other groups. So I would say, if there's something you are interested in, you have any inkling that you're like, this is important to me and I want to do it. Um, if you can't find them yourselves, contact with us and we'll connect you with people or groups working on whatever issue is that, that you're interested in. That's awesome. Well, I know you're short on time. I do have to ask you, I'm legally required actually mm. 
Um, have you been to Casa Bonita? Oh, you legally require. Yes, I've been to Casa Bonita, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I've been to Casa Bonita, and I also have um, repeated uh, the the required Colorado things of, um, uh, hey, if you don't like the weather, just wait a minute. And um, I've also uttered, uh, not in seriousness, uh, isn't God a Broncos fan? Otherwise, you know, why are the sunsets orange and blue? So, yes, I'm a damn Denverite. But, yes, um, I've been to Cospanita a couple times. Um, what's that? Oh, sorry. I just said excellent. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. Is there? I don't know if there's going to be a follow-up question because I, I can give follow-up answers. Yeah, well, the follow-up question really is, um, tell us about it. <laughs> um, like tell people who've been there about it or tell someone who's never been there about it or just tell you about my experience. Let's start with how, how would you describe it to someone who's never been? Because we, we do have some listeners all over the place. Cuspanita is a is a place of magic. Um, and I mean that actually in seriousness, it is countercultural in many ways in that it's, it, um, something like this would not be built today. I think of it like, um, uh, I actually had the opportunity to go to Egypt uh, in 1999. And when you see the top of the, <coughs> excuse me, the, the mosques there, mm-hmm. there's the most intricate designs and then and then i found out that essentially there'd be one guy would start building it and then you know his son would take over and work on it his whole life and then his son would i mean Mm -hmm. i'm i think it was mostly men at the time but uh the point is is working on one project and i think of a place like casa bonita just it would that's not something that would be built here and if it was it would be so different and so Mm -hmm. it's magical that it's still here and that people are, you know, um, that people have, have supported. I actually don't know what's going on with it during COVID, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is exactly how people describe it. It is, it's crazy. It's crazy. Interesting. Um, uh, the food is bad except for, you know, the, the sopapillas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like, you, you can't walk in there and not just look up at the expansiveness of it and and smile and that's a beautiful thing where else do you get that maybe fireworks yeah um maybe an eclipse maybe a snowstorm like that's a that's a cool thing at minimum yeah yeah i like your take on that well thank you evan i think i think we got everything um do you want to give one last plug for anything before we wrap it up um no, I, I I will plug nothing, actually. I'll just say thank you for having me. Um, this is cool. It's been fun conversing with you. And I think it's cool to talk about things like Casa Bonita and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Awesome. Um, and what is it that we like reading and, and watching. So thanks for having me. It's cool. Well, thank you so much. This has been really great. Thank you, awesome. Evan. Thank you so much, Claire. And that concludes season one of the Casa Bonita podcast. Thank you so very much for listening. If this is the first episode you've heard, go to our website and you can listen to all the past episodes in season one. It's www.casabonitapod.com. And I'm currently planning season two. If you have ideas or pitches or 
If there's anything that you think would be amazing to include in the podcast, I would love to hear from you. The podcast email address is hola, H-O-L-A, at casabonitapod.com. Next season, we're going to be exploring themes of what makes a city identity, what makes Denver, Denver, and what do our favorite movies look like if they were set in Denver. Thanks for joining me this week on the Casa Bonita podcast. If you liked this show, you might like working with me and my colleagues at Bluebird Real Estate Group, a top-ranked, totally independent, locally-owned boutique real estate brokerage serving the greater Denver and Boulder areas. We always love talking shop, especially if you're thinking about buying or selling a home yourself. You can find us online at bluebirddenver.com or call our office at 720-989-1362. Need help finding a great agent to work with somewhere else? Drop us a line. We'll interview agents for you and even negotiate a contribution towards your closing costs. We look forward to hearing from you. This episode was recorded and edited by me. Music is by Diala. You can follow the Casa Bonita podcast on Facebook by the same name and on Twitter and Instagram handle at Casa Bonita pod. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episodes when they're available. And if you really want to give this show a boost, give us a positive review in Apple podcasts or wherever you are listening. Thanks. You're awesome.